Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Come bring me your softness. Comfort me through all this madness. 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 That be blowing through the trees The wind, the fight, the breeze In the atom to proceed She is oxygen One and only air form Where we get our air from So I check, carry on She is, she is true She is everything real Anything that's revealed She that very ordeal She is good, bad, don't always appeal If you up against the positive She can dish a cold deal yeah. It's tar, ain't got nothing on her She left it's is tall with a donor. She bore record in heaven from the beginning. The reason the God of Israel gave men, women, you could dish Joshua and still could get another try. But if you ever this for what, you gon' die by the line. The mother of all mothers, source of all nurture, decorated the earth like women to ranch furniture. But why? Like you was just definitely done for 
father shall send in my name. The father shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance. Whatsoever I have said unto you. Talking about the Holy Spirit, y'all. My shalom. Listen, have you been right at the point of ready? Perfect shoes, perfect dress, perfect hair, perfect makeup, and you look a fool. Well, we're going to stop all that right now. Kevin Foster is the person for you. Aside from him being able to travel to you, being known for his white tape series, he offers a unique experience that's very, very inexpensive. It'll be worth the money that you spend. Prices start at $125. If you would like an appointment with Kevin, call 770-407-9025 to set an appointment. Tell him that the Empress sent you. It's Instagram, Facebook, or on KFOS Photography. Tell him the Empress sent you. The Empire is the place where I talk, you talk. But everybody gets to talk. It's where you can speak openly, honestly, and without worry or hesitation about being politically correct. It's your forum to discuss what matters to you and to me. Individual expressions are boring and they can create nothing but a monologue. Who wants to know all about just me? I want to know about you. So if you want to tell it like it is, the empire is where it's going to go down. Check Facebook or my website for show times and days as those days and times may change. For more information, contact me at EmpressCooperDavidson at gmail.com or by my website at www.TheEmpress.com. For when the Empire speaks, the Empress listens. And this is the Empire. We are having another edition of the Empire tonight, and hopefully, it's going to be something to help deliver someone from the hands of a lie. What kind of lie? We'll tell you. You know, it doesn't even really matter what your lie is, but any lie that keeps you from being the authentic person that you are, that you were meant to be, is keeping you from your deliverance, keeping you from your destiny. And we have my sister, a new sister to me, who actually introduced me to that beautiful song, The Comforter, that we just played. It's an artist that I had never heard of before. It was a beautiful song. My friend, my new friend and sister, Shakinya. Uh, before we get started tonight with her testimonial to um, what's going on tonight, uh, on tomorrow, this particular show tonight was kind of inspired uh, after I had planned the show for tomorrow, which will be with my friend, attorney Dennis Sperling of Houston, Texas. He and I were having a heated debate about whether or not the rape issues concerning the accusations with Bill Cosby are true or not, whether or not they deserve to even be litigated, whether or not an accusation can actually hurt someone's credibility, and if there is room for any kind of profit or sustainable gain uh, legally for any of these women. And no, they're not really 50. And some of the things that we've been fed through the media concerning that particular event are just not the truth uh, from the uh, accuser side. Now, our show tonight is from the voice of a victim, a victim of rape, 
Uh, and I felt very moved after deciding to have this particular show because I think a lot of the times we laugh and we giggle and we do a lot of stuff that's fun here on the Empire. We learn at the same time, but the testament of someone who has the power to almost pull someone else out of the jaws of uh, uh, hopelessness is is really the the, the option to. Uh, Live again, and that's what the empire is about. That's what we want to do. We want to give people the opportunity to live brand new. So that's what's coming up tomorrow. But tonight, I want you to welcome my my sister, my my new friend, Miss Shakinya. Miss Shakinya, are you there? All praises to the Most High. Yes, I am. I'm here. Shalom, shalom. Thank you so much. And again, I want to introduce you guys to her. I saw your videos on Facebook, which were on this past week, uh, maybe coming from last week as well, that were just testimonials. And when I tell you I wasn't really prepared with the level of truth and the level of openness that you gave, I knew with seeing it that I wanted to speak with you. And I almost was a little bit hesitant because I didn't know exactly how you would feel being uh, opened up to such a, a, a terrible hurt. Tell the people a little bit just about your former self, uh, where you're from, and a little bit about your, your past self. Okay. I am um, I am from Kansas City, Missouri. I was raised in Kansas City, Missouri for most of my teenage, preteen and teenage and adult life. Before then, I lived in Tampa, Florida, with my brothers and my mother and my stepdad. Mm-hmm. And um, I am a product of incest and rape and molestation. And um, the old me was very, very promiscuous. Was I was almost I would consider myself being a pit bull. Me and my cousin mm-hmm. talk about that a lot. We were vicious. We oh. dare not anyone challenge us at any time because we had been through so much that we were on guard and, and ready to attack at any time. That was the old me. And I went oh. by my middle name then. I went by Nicole, and Nicole was vicious. Yes, she mm-hmm, was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, when, when you say that you lived with your family without the remembrance of uh, the molestation and rape. Do you think that it was a typical life? Is this like everything else except for that particular facet of your life was, you know, bothered, or was it just all? I didn't live the typical life. I didn't live the, in in Kansas City, Missouri. I didn't live the typical life. In Tampa, mm-hmm. Florida, I lived. The mom went to work. The dad went to work. The children went to school. We went to summer church camp. We went to church. You know, every Sunday um, we even kept Bible study at home. My mother taught us who we were at a very young age. I asked my mother a question when I was a very young child about um, why were we hated as a people of color? Why did people hate us so much? And she sparked my interest to search and seek out the truth. She told us, told me that we disobeyed the Most High and we were cursed. So I I then started asking questions, and I wanted to be at church all the time, all the mm-hmm. time, so I can mm-hmm. find out why we were cursed and what did I have to do to come from up under the curses. It wasn't until I was a, a teenager, and I actually started looking and seeking the most high on my own, and I found out the truth. 
who we are. Now, how young were you? And I and I hate to jump straight into uh, the episodes that changed who you were, but how young were you with your first uh, episode of abuse? And and would you call it molestation or rape or what exactly? It was molestation. It was rape and molestation. I was penetrated at five years mm-hmm. old. And I remember you and I, we had a conversation, and you were saying that some television or radio personality was saying that she wasn't really sure whether or not there was an effect or a long-lasting effect concerning it was pedophilia. Actually, it was actually a British woman. She was talking about pedophilia and how that she didn't know if a child that was molested would be bothered by that in, in their adult years, and that sparked a um, fire in me. It was almost like throwing gasoline on flames. It pissed me off because mm-hmm. if you look all around society, you see products of rape and child molestation. It's right. quiet, but you can see it. You see the aftermath of it. You see the drug addiction. You see the homosexuality. You see it mm-hmm. all. Mm-hmm. You see the, so the prison you, system. People are did angry. You ha- did, you, did you happen to know your molester and uh, and rapist at that young age, or was this a stranger? Attack? I knew. I knew. It wasn't a stranger. It was my mother's brother. Oh, wow. I don't okay. even call him my uncle. It was my mother's brother. Right. Okay. Yes, it was my mother's brother, and um, he raped me at five. He gave me a um, disease. He gave me gonorrhea at five. I had my first pap smear oh, at God. five. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So you you at five and and just being a clinical nurse, I know that your personality doesn't fully form till around seven. So you were at such a vulnerable age. Do you did you know something was wrong happening to you? Because I'm almost sure I don't know. I, I knew something was wrong. Uh huh. I knew something was wrong because he told uh-huh. me if I was to ever tell my mother at that he would kill my mother and my brothers. I have three biological brothers and my mother, and he told me that he would kill them if I was to ever tell anybody that he was what he was doing to me. So I knew then something was wrong, and I was afraid. It wasn't until my mother moved out of Kansas City, Missouri, to Tampa, Florida, and I felt safe enough. We were away from him, and um, we were playing hide-and-go-seek at my stepfather's mother's house. And his mm-hmm. younger brother, that was one of my last uh, videos, his his brother, he mm-hmm. um, he caught me behind the couch, and um, he grinded on me. And I, I wigged out. I snapped. I broke down. Mm-hmm. I blacked out, and I started screaming, please, no more. Don't, please, don't take, don't do this to me. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I know I was about seven or eight at that time. That's mm-hmm. when I told initially because my mother had to leave work to pick me up from my, my um, grandparents, my step-grandparents' house. And she took me to the hospital, and they my mother went down the list. I remember this night, like it was yesterday, We were the doctors told my mother they did the exam. I remember the orderlies coming in. Back then they had orderlies, and they had on blue scrub shirts. It was two black mm-hmm. men, and they came in. The doctor was trying to perform, again, another pap smear on me. I think I was about seven at that time, mm-hmm. and he was trying to perform the pap smear on me, and I was fighting. 
I was kicking and I was screaming and I was fighting, and they held me down, and um, they gave me a shot and I was out. And when I woke up, it was over with. And my mother, I woke up and my mother had me in her arms, and we were standing at a vending machine, and she was waking me up, and she said, um, "What do you want at the vending machine?" And back then, we had the Pac-Man candy that went around. I can't ex- yeah, we had the Pac-Man candy that was in a plastic package and I was moving mm-hmm. the package around trying to get the Pac-Man to go all the way down so I can eat the candy. We walked outside the hospital. I wasn't released yet but my mother needed to talk to me. The caseworkers and the police and everybody was at the hospital. My mother needed to ask me some questions because I wouldn't talk to the doctors or the nurses. So my mm-hmm. mother sat me on the car. By the, we were sitting by the beach. I remember this because it was beautiful. The water was glistening, and she went down the list of family members. And when it got mm-hmm. to his name, I froze up and I started crying. And I said, "I can't, I can't tell you, mommy, because he said that he was going to kill you and my brothers. Mm-hmm. And my brothers, my little brothers were twins. They were babies at the time. And I love my little brothers, and I also love my big brother. And I did, mm-hmm. and I love my mother because I didn't mm-hmm. want anything." To happen. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, I had to be around eight, if I'm not mistaken, because I was seven when I um, when I witnessed my mother being shot in front of me, and that was before we moved to Florida. So I was around eight when that happened. When I had my first, my second pap smear, I was eight years mm-hmm. old. Yes, mm-hmm. and I it's remember so all of that happening. And, and see, I, I promise you that I, I first of all, I don't know where she got the gall to even say on any professional level that something as traumatic as that uh, can happen and not, you know, transfer into later life. I mean, it's something probably that you will remember more so than you would really want to. But after you re- realized that this was wrong, you told and you were removed away from his, you know, harm. I wasn't. Um, I wasn't. I wasn't in that state where he was. He was in Kansas City, Missouri when I told, and I was in Tampa, Florida. So I remember my mother being very upset, and I remember her making phone calls to Missouri, and she was going to go back to Missouri and, you know, handle her business. She was going to take his life. She said she was going to kill him. But my aunts, which are my mother's sisters, mm-hmm. I remember the backlash. I remember um, all of my aunts questioning all of my other cousins that were there in Kansas City, my girl cousins, and a few of my cousins spoke up. They said, she's not lying. He touched me. He touched me. He touched me. He tried to touch me. But, yeah. And and what's up, what up else is uh, difficult, you know, I, I when I think about 5 to 7, even 5 to 10, my children now are 10 and 11, so to understand when they don't tell me stuff that they need to tell me, with something traumatic and a child being threatened, you had to have been a withdrawn child. How were you in school? I was. I, was um, I didn't speak. I didn't talk a lot. Mm-hmm. If it was me, my mother, and my brothers, I was happy. Mm-hmm. And I... Um, I wanted to be with me, my mother, and my brothers because I was safe with and my stepdad. When it was just us, I was safe. But when we went around family members, I had to be with my mom. I didn't want to leave her sight. I didn't want to leave her lap, her leg. I was clingy, and she thought I was just spoiled. But, in fact, I was trying to tell her something. You know, even when she would drop me off to the house where he was, I would scream, Mommy, please don't leave me here. I don't want to stay here. 
please don't leave me here. She would say, you get your behind in that house and stop being spoiled. And I said, please don't leave me here, you know. But she thought I was just being spoiled, but I was really afraid to be there, even though it was my Oh, for some reason her phone dropped, and I don't know why. And, you know, she told me that she may have some issues with that, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to just try and dial her right back. But this is my guest, Shekinah. Uh, She's a friend of mine here on Facebook, uh, a sister that I've met. um, And she's had such a hard time with the way things have gone uh, in her life, uh, and it's become extremely difficult for her to – be her normal self. It, it, it's hard to even listen to. It's, it's very hard to uh, not, for your heart not to tear for her. Kenya, are you back? Yes, I'm here. Okay, okay. I'm not sure what happened, but your your phone dropped just a second ago, and we were able to just say that, you know, it was, I, I, I just don't know, because when I first, and I told you this other day when we talked, I don't know how you made it. I just don't know how you made it because I don't. I can I, I can tell you how I made it because I told you as a child I was on a journey of finding the Most High. When going to church as a child, it planted a seed inside of me, and I knew that. And my church, they kept it real. They showed us videos of suicidal people, and if they you killed yourself, you was going to hell. So I knew growing up that wasn't an option. I didn't want to go to hell. I felt like I was already in hell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I felt like I was in hell, so I don't want to go back to hell. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I knew that um, I knew that suicide wasn't an option. And um, I really think when I was 19 and I had my first son, mm-hmm. that gave me even more willpower to live. My first son, because they told the doctors initially told my mother that I would never have children. Mm-hmm. But I had my first son at nineteen, so that was mm-hmm. that was a, a fight. I was fighting for my life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I, it was a fight to live. I've been fighting. Mm-hmm. I'm thirty eight years old, and I've been fighting to live for a very long time. Mm-hmm. For and a very long time. Jo- uh, people that are joining us on Periscope are asking you know, uh, a little bit, and you guys are catching up with us, and this is my sister, Shekenya. She is originally from Kansas City. She has been through, I, I would say hell, and I'm not trying to be disrespectful to yourself, but at five years old, her first rate was by a uh, relative uh, of hers, and um, was he the only family member who uh, took advantage of you? I was molested and raped by nine. I was accosted mm-hmm. by nine different people. Um, my cousin mm-hmm. penetrated me. He's deceased. My mother's mm-hmm. play brother, he took me to a park when I was in in um, first year of middle school. And he took me to, my mother asked, I had missed my school bus. My mother asked him to drop me off at school and he took me to a, a field and he raped me for like an hour and a half. And I remember fighting at first. I, I kept fighting him off of me. And he wrapped the seatbelt around my throat so I couldn't move. Mm-hmm. And um, I said, if I keep fighting, then he's going to keep on squeezing his seatbelt and I'm going to die. Because I remember, you know, mm-hmm. the tightness of the seatbelt. So I just gave in and I just relaxed and I, and I just kept 
telling myself, be nice, you know, be nice, stop okay. fighting. Because if you keep fighting, mm-hmm. you're going to die in this field. And the field was a field like a tall grass, and it was horrible. Mm-hmm. I remember that mm-hmm. day so mm-hmm. vividly. Mm-hmm. I used to have nightmares. And even to this day, when I'm driving in the car and I get in my car and my seatbelt automatically goes over across my chest. I automatically mm-hmm. just snatch it down. I have mm-hmm. to move it. And I wear scarves mm-hmm. so it won't touch my throat at all. Right, right, right. And see, the reason why, another reason why this is uh, so powerful is because these are not things that you would, even in adulthood, want to share. But as a child, this stuff happened to you. You didn't probably have the words to know how to share it. And what sparked you coming to this point of sharing it with more than just the world? Because I know you said that you have lost family over, you know. I've lost everybody. As of Mm -hmm. my last video, my mother has unfriended me on Facebook. Mm -hmm. She doesn't talk to me. My brothers don't talk to me. My brother, my oldest brother told me I might as well go and start smoking crack. Um, one of my other aunties said that I'm embarrassing the family because I should keep the family secrets. Family secret. Mhm, mhm. So um, I've lost everybody besides my four children, and um, I've gained a whole list of family. My mm-hmm. Hebrew family, my Israelite family. They mm-hmm. are beautiful, and you are beautiful. I gain, I have gained so many people. You know, in this world alone, mm-hmm. you know, when you're walking with Christ, you're going to lose people. Right, right. speaks about right, that right. in the scriptures. You're going to lose people because you're going to be for righteousness, and people still want to live wickedly, and they want to mm-hmm. live in the darkness, and I don't choose to live there. I've been there. I've seen it. I walked mm-hmm. through it, and I'm I'm out of it, and I don't want to have anything to do with it. I miss my mother. I miss my brothers. Mm-hmm. I really do. Mm-hmm. But at the mm-hmm. same time, I love the most time more than anything, more than anybody or anything. So with him for me, I don't care who's about who's against me. I don't care. I don't care who doesn't want to speak to me. I don't care who's ashamed about my truth. If they were ashamed about my truth, then it, it should have stopped. He should have right, been right, exiled right. out of the family. He shouldn't have exactly. continued. Because even after I spoke up and told my mother that he had raped me, when we moved back to Missouri, when mm-hmm. I was maybe 9 or 10, and I was over to my aunt's house, and I was asleep, and I woke up, and he was fingering me. I jumped up, and, and I ran out the house. And my, I sat outside until my mother pulled up. And my mother said, what happened? And I just looked at her. So I remember the eye contact of looking at my mother very deeply. Don't ask me any questions Just know mm-hmm. that I'm going to be running away I'm running mm-hmm. away as soon as I get home <laughs> I'm mm-hmm. leaving mm-hmm. I ran mm-hmm. away a lot mm-hmm. Now I'm going to tell you a, a part of confession after you've been harmed uh, It's unimaginable at a child um, And to share some of this you know, truthfulness with you. I understand having to be something different than you truly are to save yourself from having to uh, be literally alone when you're not ready. Like as a child, I can't even imagine how you made it through as a child, but uh, when I was uh, being abused as a domestic uh, violence uh, recovery, I had to lie. How much of yourself did you have to end up I would say 
turning into a false sense of self? Did you become promiscuous because of it? Did you I became promiscuous. I, I started smoking PCT. The first time I ever smoked a PCT stick was I was 15. I started being, I started, I knew that PCP numbed me. It took me out of my reality. I smoked mm-hmm. PCP from the time I was 25 all the way until the time I was probably 32. Mm. This is how I even went to drug treatment and mm-hmm. and did everything that I, I needed to do to get clean. But until I faced the music of the people that molested me, until I started writing my book, started writing my book mm-hmm. four years ago, and I remember mm-hmm. changing the names of the people that, that actually raped me in my book. And the most I said, if you're going to change the names in it, then it's not a truth. So I'm going to just take this book from you. My son mm-hmm. cracked my screen on my laptop. So I stopped mm-hmm. writing. And I didn't want to write. I didn't want to write my poetry. I didn't want to write my book. I didn't want to deal with anything. I started mm-hmm. indulging in I took any hours I can get at work. I worked so much because I knew if I had any idle time that I might go get high. Mhm, mhm. I didn't have my book. I'm I'm two thousand miles away from my family, and mm-hmm. I have my son, and I don't know what to do at this point. So I got deeper mm-hmm. and deeper in, into my Bible, mm-hmm. and I started reaching out for for my um, Israelite family. I started making calls and phone calls and asking people to pray with me and pray for me, and mm-hmm. you know started seeking other family other than the family that I feel allowed a lot of abuse to happen to me. A lot of things that happened to me could have been avoided. Yes. And if, that's so, if someone I get to that that's the next part I want to get to because you you're doing you're you're telling this ex- exactly beautifully and I want you to know that uh we definitely appreciate how how open you are and how honest you are and how transparent you are. I don't think there's any other way to heal from this except for the way that you're doing it. Um, and I, I know you said that you had had some uh, problems with drugs and that sort of thing and rehab for that. Did you ever do anything formally for the sexual abuse? Did you do any kind of formal therapy or anything like that for it? My mother locked me up, um, sister, uh, when I was, she sent me to Beloit Youth Facility for Girls when I was 12 years old because I started carrying guns. I felt like nobody's going to rape me again. I'm going to carry this. Right. The neighborhood boys could get you anything from the, the hood. If you knew some neighborhood boys, you could get a gun. It didn't matter. It, it doesn't matter how old you were back then. But um, I started carrying a gun because I knew that was my last time that I was raped as a um, child. I knew that um, after the man took me to the field, I knew that I didn't want that to happen again. So I started carrying guns. I started hanging out with gangbangers, the local gangbangers, because I knew that they were part of a brotherhood and a sisterhood. And I never joined the gang. I just hung out with them because mm-hmm. I knew that they were going to protect me. Yes, yes. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, and my mother found that out. Mm-hmm. She found that out, and she found, you know, I kept running away, and I kept getting in trouble. So she had me locked up from the time I was 12, 13, 14. I got released when I was 15. And during that time that I was in inside of Beloit Youth Facility, I went to um, counseling and rape therapy and molestation. And they wanted, they kept asking me. I never told them people who did it. I told, told them that it happened to me, but I never would open up all the way and tell the names of the people that did it to me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Because I was scared if I did do that, that my family would disown me and that I would never go back to my family again. So I kept that a secret because I didn't want to lose my mother and my brothers. So I kept the name of the people a secret. I didn't want, you know, anything to happen to, that was going to keep me away from my mother and my brothers because they were my lifeline back then. Right. And see, you were, and see, I want people who are listening and people who are texting me and people who are online with me to know that th- we're talking about a child because a lot of people, and I don't, I don't get this and, and I, I don't understand that people are blinded by what things are supposed to be as a child between the ages of birth up through 17, your responsibility to your parent and your responsibility to other adults. And these are the years that this happened to you. Am I not correct? Yes. Okay. So did you blame your, did you blame your mom? Did you blame your brothers? I blamed, I blamed, I blamed my mom and my dad. My dad is doing life in prison. He went to, he went to prison when I was 12 years old. My dad was, um, he was a, he was a killer. So he went to prison when I was 12. So at that time, I got locked up and my dad got locked up. And I remember writing a letter to my dad and I said, I needed you. I've been out here and people have been raping me and I hate you so much. I hate you. All my letters, I used to write really big on one piece of paper, I hate you. I hate you. And just send them off. And they would send them to my dad. I'm, I'm sure he still has these letters. He's still in prison mm-hmm. to this day. And um, I remember telling my mom a couple of times, you know, I hate you. I hated you because you didn't protect me. Mm. And I still feel like that. You know, I'm 38 years old, and I still feel like, where was my protection? Because the way that I look after my sons, I pay attention mm-hmm. to everything. I know when their moods change, yes? Mm-hmm. I know when their moods change. I know when their feelings have been hurt. I know when they need a hug. I know when, mm-hmm. you know, a math problem at school is too hard. You, you, you study your children. You watch your mm-hmm. children. You watch their body language. You watch their attitudes. You, watch, mm-hmm. you pay attention to the people that you love and you care about. And I don't think, um, I honestly just, I don't believe no one paid attention to that. Nobody even wanted to care. And I, mm-hmm. I think if it wasn't for the lifestyle that my family was living back then, that, mm-hmm. you know, somebody they would have paid attention. Mm-hmm. You, you, you made it out, but unscathed we cannot say so at some point you did confess you removed yourself from that situation you armed yourself literally when you had to was there something that happened spiritually with you that allowed you to find this new part of yourself because I'm very ignorant when it comes to religion and people's you know belief systems without asking it and I feel kind of dumb I know that you're a Hebrew Israelite. Yes. The and Hebrew Israelites of the Bible. Uh-huh. Okay. Yes. So explain to me cuz when we when I first uh first of all you are absolutely beautiful. When I see the I would have never seen the horror in any of the woman that I saw on Facebook in any of the writings that I've seen you write on Facebook, it was not until those words were spoken from your mouth and I watched those five videos that I understood how horrible 
of a uh, experience that you experience. I'm telling you from the outside, I can tell you how beautiful you are, but I understand that the inside of you some way had to have changed. What what actually happened or what were you introduced that brought you to uh, something bigger than yourself to continue to live? Because I don't think I would have made it. I, I'm pretty sure my, um, I made it. My, my youngest two, my youngest two sons, their dad, um, he was very abusive. They called us Ike and Tina at the end of our relationship because I started fighting back. He caught a, he got shot and caught a federal case. And, again, I was alone by myself. With Now I have four children to take mm-hmm. care of. And my family has not held me up or down <laughs> ever. Mm-hmm. In fact, I feel like they've used a lot of me up. They've used me mm-hmm. so much that I'm now that I'm 38, and I can sit back and I can think about how mm-hmm. you know they managed me. What mm-hmm. some of the things I allowed them to do to me. Mm-hmm. I had to well, take all of my heart and my soul, Sharon. I had to get in my Bible. I had to go in the closet by myself. Because I mm-hmm. asked him, I asked, I cried out, I said, do you see what's happening to me? Mm-hmm. I feel mm-hmm. like Job down here. Do you want me to deny you? Is this why? Am I being tested all of my life? You've been testing me? I cried mm-hmm. out. I wanted to know, where are mm-hmm. you? And if you if you are the man in this book that they're talking about, then how come you haven't done anything? And I'm tired. Mm-hmm. 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 And I don't mm-hmm. want to fight anymore. I need you to get me and my children up out of Kansas City. I need mm-hmm. to leave. I need you to open up all of the doors for us to leave. He opened mm-hmm. up every last door. Every last door. And they're still well, open. Uh, there are a couple of people on the line that I want to go ahead and open up the lines. They have been listening to a beautiful testimony. And I'm going to tell you something. Um, all testimonies aren't flowery and when I tell you, I could barely work the other day, whenever the first day we talked about, you know, you coming onto the show, because I can breathe. I could not believe how strong you were, because I'm going to tell you, I hid when I had my truth, and I couldn't tell my truth that was so uh, horrendous and embarrassing. It wasn't half as much as, as what you had to go through, but I just wanted to say that can't nobody tell you, if don't nobody else tell you that I open these lines up, uh, you are as strong as they come, sister. I just want you to know that. Eighty two eighty six. Yeah. Eighty two eighty six. Are you there? Can you hear me? Yes, I am. I just want to say uh, uh I'm proud for you telling you sto- your story. And uh a lot of people need to hear that because I know a lot of people that deal with the same things and they're afraid to uh come out and let anybody know for the sake of ridicule, but I'm mm-hmm. proud that you're doing what you're doing. Maybe that'll touch someone else because I invited some more people to come in and listen to this today, but uh, I hope they're on board somewhere listening. But I uh, mm-hmm. thank you, and I, I'm glad that you made it out, and uh, I hope that you completely heal over that whole ordeal. Thank you very much. I'm, I'm very humble. Thank you very much. 
And I'm going to tell you, it's such a beautiful spirit because I can see that I would have, oh, Lord. Like, I, I, I know that people can take in horrors and either absorb them and become more of that monster, or they can do what you, you've done. You have totally created a peace in the midst of tri- tribulation and surviving it and, 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 and willing to share this part of yourself uh, with others so that they can too either just hear the truth because I, I, I used to be I used to look and search for people who would say you know if a man slapped you because I was you know beaten and beat up and all that kind of stuff I was looking for somebody to just say it so I can say okay I'm not by myself in this I know you mm-hmm. had to feel by yourself sometimes did you feel by yourself um, I felt by myself a lot yes yes I did I felt you know with with knowing that some of my cousins, the same, some of the things that happened to me happened to them, they still, they don't want to, you know, one of my cousins recently, two of my cousins recently within the past week called me and cried and broke down and said, hey, I love you and you are waking some things up in me that I thought were healed. And I know that I I just thank the Most High for giving me the strength that I have. If it wasn't for him, if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be this strong. I couldn't be this strong. I find strength in reading my Bible. I find strength in writing my books, writing my poetry, taking care of my children. I call them my sunshines. They truly, every time they touch me, they give me a jolt of life. They power me up. Girl, I would tear this room up right now shouting because I call my children my breath. I literally think that had I not been a mother, that I would have just succumbed to whatever life was going to give to me. I didn't have yeah, I didn't indeed. even know what I was doing before I had my children, so I totally understand that. 8486, did you have something to share with my sister, Miss Shakina? Hey, no, I didn't have any, I didn't want to chime in tonight, um, but I did just want to call in to support and let you ladies know that I love y'all, and that's it. We love you too. Shalom, shalom. (laughs) You know that's Ashley. We know that's Ashley. Yeah, baby. (laughs) I'm not going to be hiding tonight. (laughs) But I'm going to tell you something. It means a lot when people are able to be in your space and support you by just presence that's not trying to demand you do something in particular. Um, did you you say your Hebrew family, was that some, the family that you had to find after you had moved, or was this a religious family that you well, had? Well, I had the same. It's not a religion, sister. It's our, our way of life. Um, I eat a certain way. I dress a certain way. I raise my children up a certain way. They're homeschooled. Um, I teach them a certain way. We pray a certain way. We talk a certain way. We believe, a, you know, we just believe deeply in the Most High that we have mm-hmm. to keep His law, statutes, and commandments. You know, mm-hmm. people think it's just Ten Commandments. It's 613 law, statutes, and commandments that we stand still on, we stand on, that we will not break, that we will continue. Mm-hmm. So the curses will be lifted off of us. This is a part of breaking mm-hmm. the chains. It's getting the curses mm-hmm. lifted off of me and my children because I don't want them to have mm-hmm. to endure any of the things that I endured. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and you have boys, right? You have male yes. children. I have four you, sons. Boy, you got you some. You got you a <laughs> half of a team, girl. Baby, yes. I, um, 
the and I don't think that was in uh, by mistake because I think that your story and what you are made out of now, even though you don't have any female children, is just as powerful as an influence for your for your sons. Are there are, do you, are you married or are you dating? How what kind of influence is that whole you know? Because I'm um, I'm single. I'm single and I'm dating. I'm single and I'm dating. <laughs> I'm not married, okay. but I'm single okay. and I'm dating. Um, okay. It's dating is is something different. <laughs> I, yeah. I don't trust yeah, anybody. I'm not a trustful person. I don't I don't allow men to come to my home, you know, and meet my children. We have to go out on at least mm-hmm. twenty dates before you even know my address. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and that's the other thing I wanted to ask you. I know when someone takes you off guard to the extent of, 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 of taking your body by force at such a young age, it has to have changed the way that you do trust people for one, but for two, also see um, men who exhibit in their physicality all the things that you would like but maybe is a little bit threatening to you. Is it scary on that end? No, no, trust and believe me, I'm not a fearful person. I I walk fearlessly. I'm not a fearful person. Um, I pay attention to men that try to talk to me. My first first question to a man that wants to talk to me is, what do you want with me? What do you want? I want to know what do you want. That's what I want to know. Why do you want to talk to me? Okay, you say that I'm beautiful. I know I heard that. But what do you want from me and what do you want with me? Because if you're not seeking the same thing that I'm seeking, which is the most high, you have to go through my father to get to me anyway. So if you're not in, you know, walking with my father and I not see you armored up with the word of the most high, then I'm not even going to pay you any type of attention anyway. Anyway. Right. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> you, got, you, got, you got me over here. Got my hands straight up to the heavens. Because, I mean, that is the way it should be anyway. And I do think, and I, you know, I don't want to minimize the travesty that happened to you. I don't want to make it seem as though this is something that people uh, should, you know, just blase over. Rape is rape. And and that's one of the reasons why the power that came behind your videos took me to a whole different place because I, just like other people, um, use different words in such a passe way that it it almost takes away the the hurt. It, it discounts the change. It discounts the uh, disrespect that comes with it. And and some of that's happening with this whole Bill Cosby thing, which is an accusation of the same. Um, one of the things that you did in your videos is that you actually put names to these events. And um, yes. I can see, I can see where that would kind of put it in a box. Was why was it important to say those names? It was important. It was important because I I want to um I want to call them out because mm-hmm. they are around other children. They mm-hmm. haven't died. It's only one mm-hmm. of them that's alive. I mean that's passed away, but they're still alive and they're around other children. That mm-hmm. demon, if they haven't gotten any help for what they have done. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure it's more it's more than just me with my first molester. It's more than just mm-hmm. me that he has harmed, that he has damaged. So I'm sure there's other children somewhere mm-hmm. that's scared to come out and talk about it, but they will. 
Mm-hmm. I have to put names to it so when it happens again, they will know mm-hmm. exactly where to look at. Mm-hmm. You know, before, and who to look at. before you said something that was striking to me about people who have these symptoms of uh, molestation and possibly child rape that come out in different ways, like homosexuality, promiscuity, do you think that is some of the more of the reasons as to why there's so many people who are, like, in the closet for those types of sexual preferences? Yes. I have so many. I'm not going to call out any names, but I have so many Mm -hmm. brothers and sisters that send me inboxes since they've been watching Mm -hmm. my videos and hearing my truth that have been raped by men, have been raped by men, women have been raped by women, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and they are living... They have wives and daughters and children, but still, oh even God. when you, like, like for me, I was raped mm-hmm. by um, a woman fondled me, two women fondled me as a, a child. So I grew up thinking that it was okay to kiss a girl. It was okay mm-hmm. for me to have a girlfriend. That's what I mm-hmm. thought. Somebody, A woman mm-hmm. kissed me, so how come it couldn't be okay? No one told right. me until, right. you know, I really started comprehending the Bible mm-hmm. that it's an abomination, you know, mm-hmm. I started really comprehending that this is not right, thus said the most high. It's it's not mm-hmm. right and I and I will damn myself if I live like this and I have had a gay relationship with the older woman for four years, but it was her touching me, not me touching her. Mm-hmm. And and it oh was very weird. I was violent mm-hmm. with her. I hated her. I hated that mm-hmm. lady. But I mm-hmm. still for some reason I felt safe with her. I knew that she wasn't gonna allow anything to happen to me. Mm-hmm. And, and you were still needing protection and coverage and provision, which is the same thing that I think that a lot of people who are confused about their sexualities, and I've had arguments to, to the contrary where they said that they were born that way. But when when you are changed on the normal path, and I'm not saying normal sex, I'm saying that a child should not be experiencing those sorts of things. There's no way that that child is going to be her or him. Normal. Exactly. And that's what I, that's the whole point of my videos, because my mother Mm -hmm. said to me, Mm -hmm. it happened. And at first, this was her first words to me, was it happens, it happens to the best of us. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. And the person, yeah, and the person that assaulted me, his father assaulted my mother. So I should Mm -hmm. just get over it and live through it. Okay, Mm -hmm. you live through it, but this happened to me eight more times after the first one, and he kept doing it thousands of times after he did it one time. I remember Mm -hmm. him raping me and sticking Vaseline up in me, you know, to soothe the cuts that was inside of my vagina. I hate Vaseline. Right, right. (laughs) I hate most times. To this day, I hate Vaseline. To this day, I can't take bubble baths. To this day, I have to wear certain um, type of underwear that's not clingy, that's not, you know, I can't um, use different soaps. I have to wear use soaps that's fragrance-free. I can't use any feminine care products that other women use because my cervix was damaged so badly by this man that it's very sensitive. My body's very sensitive. My children can't even use my bathroom. I don't use public restrooms because I don't want to pick up anything. If I sit down on a um, dirty toilet stool and someone had a bacterial infection, I can get it. That's how 
sensitive my body is and even having a relationship with a man, I would know in my relationship if, if the man that I was dating was cheating on me because he would give me a bacteria yeah, or, or I would have a yeast infection because of something that the woman that he slept with uses. Now, you know, it's just my body's so sensitive. So with me dating, trying to date and establish a relationship, even with the way that my children wake me up, my children cannot touch me above my knee. They have to touch my calf or my foot. Or they, you know, my son has gotten to the point where he'll call my phone now. <laughs> Because I will wake up in, in beast mode. <laughs> like, wait a minute. If you touch me above my, my knees, then, you know, I am I will wake up hostile. But if you touch me on my foot or on my on my leg, my lower leg, then I can wake up smoothly. But my, I've taught my children how to touch me and how to wake me up. Even trying to breastfeed my children, I felt creeped out. I couldn't breastfeed my son. I tried to breastfeed my, I breastfed them each for a month, and then after that, my body rejected it. I felt like I was molesting my children, and that happens when you have been molested. You can't do the normal duties that your body was made for. Made to do, right. Right, exactly. And then for somebody to suggest that you have, that you're not going to have, any issues behind that is just unbelievable. Like you should just get over it. You can't just get over it. You can't. Right. You can't just right. get over it, and you should. The people that have done this to me, I'll call them out because I want them to know. You know, one of my um, my mother's brother sent me a friend request like a month, two months ago, and he was sitting on my mother's couch. This is what really pissed me off, Sharon. Forgive me for cursing. But this is what pissed me off to the point that um, I said, you know what? I felt like he was taunting me. He took a picture in the dark, and his eyes was glowing. He looked like a demon. And I remember when I when he was molesting me, how I would look up, and the room was dark, and his eyes would be glowing, looking down at me, looking like a demon. And when I saw that picture of him sitting on the couch in my mother's house, and I thought about the room that he's sitting in, and my pictures of me and my children, and pictures of me, and he's in this room with all of my personal things. This is my, my personal area. He was never allowed. When I lived in Kansas City, Missouri, he never came to my mother's house that I was aware of. He never knew where I lived at. I never saw him. If he, if it was a family function, he called in over the phone, and they passed the phone around the room, but he was never there when I was in the same room. And when I drove home three years ago, um, I called around the corner. My son was around the corner to my auntie's house, and I called. Every night I say goodnight to my children, wherever they are. I will call them before it's time to go to bed. I called my son. I said, goodnight, sweetie. Who's all there with you? He said, uh, Sherry and my cousins, and then he said, Tony, that's that's the first uh, molester. He said, Tony's here. I said, get your shoes on. I'm on my way. I flew around the corner. Mm-hmm. The devil was telling me, shoot him in the face. Mm-hmm. She can you shoot mm-hmm. him in the face right now. You're going to get away with it. Kill him. Mm-hmm. Kill him before mm-hmm. he hurts anybody else. Shoot him mm-hmm. right now. I went home, mm-hmm. went back to my mother's house, and I packed everything up. I waited till the sun rise, and I left. I had to get up out of there. My mother still doesn't know why we left so fast. I had to go. They wanted me to stay. We drove through a blizzard. This is how deep it was for me to get back here. No one paid attention to to this, even in my grown adult years. No one paid attention to, why did she leave like that? Right, right. Something so obvious. Something so she drove through a blizzard to get up out of here. Why did would she drive through a blizzard to leave Kansas City in the middle of a snowstorm? I had to leave because if I, yeah. I was going to say I can't speak for you, but I know that my some 
thing had to be known, but it's so unbelievable that what you're thinking that that that's what your your body, your heart, your 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 believability. You can't believe that this would be, really be what's happening. Like it's just that obvious because I can remember uh, having the biggest black eye. I was like. I know somebody going to say something, so I was just bracing myself. Nobody said a word. Like, nobody sounds like. No one says anything, and that's 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 what's really alarming. I remember yeah. when I was in a, a abusive relationship with my sons, my two youngest, their dad, and um, I yelled out for help out the window. Somebody help me, please. He's trying to kill me. And I remember mm-hmm. these two guys walking into another apartment. They looked up at the window and kept on walking in. No police ever came. He could have killed me in that apartment if I wouldn't have started fighting back. And I was weak. I just had my son. My son was maybe two two weeks old, and I was fighting, trying to get this man off of me because he wanted to have sex. Mm-hmm. We got another caller on the line. I'm not sure if they want to add something to the conversation, but you're welcome to say uh, uh, kudos or whatever you have to say to our guest. Uh, 8619, are you there? Can you hear me? Yes, yes, ma'am. Okay. Did you have anything to say to our guest? Um, no, I was just actually pausing to see what uh, what this is all about. Okay. Well, what this is all about is we are talking about the truth and how the truth will actually set you free if you allow it. And I'm going to tell you something. There's something that I think is just generically known. I'm not sure who's got the feedback on their phone, but i got a lot of static in the back, and if you can, uh, uh, mute your phones. But there's a lot of times when there are things going on, people see all of the signs, they can feel all of the tremors, the energy is absolutely sure. You know it is what it is, but your mouth can't bring uh, itself to connect to your brain and say it, because I know it from the domestic violence sense. The same thing with the child. I'm going to tell you something about children. <laughs> we are responsible for them. Am I not right, Shakinya? I think we are totally Yes, we are. We are children's what? voice. Oh, my God. I don't know what I, I, I – yes, I do. I would probably be in jail because I've been to the point of just – you know, I had a whole talk with my children after I became a single mother and telling them, you know, I knew that I was going to have to do some things and be in some ways away from them, and I would have to have only entrusted people to take care of my children. I used to have to drive four hours to just drop my kids off with my mom because I didn't trust anybody else. I didn't know anybody else, and I wouldn't put my children in places with other people. And I want to, I want you to answer this. I'm just was wondering, these abusers that you do know, I know that they're around children, but do they have children? Do you do you know if they have children of their own? Um, I know that Tony doesn't have any children that I know of. My first one, mm-hmm. the one that actually um, gave did the most harm to my body. Um, he doesn't mm-hmm. have any children. I know mm-hmm. I'm not sure about the other ones. My cousin mm-hmm. that's deceased, he has children. Mm-hmm. So you have to wonder, don't don't you? Doesn't it make you wonder whether or not you know? Because I can feel when I wonder about that because, yeah, Mm -hmm. I wonder about that. I wonder about that a lot with you know, Mm -hmm. especially with a couple of my cousins that you know sent me a message 
privately and said, I love you no matter what they saying about mm-hmm. you. I love you. I want you to, mm-hmm. and, and, and I know how they're living their lifestyle. So I'm just mm-hmm. thinking to myself, like, did it happen to you? You know, and you don't want to say anything. Yeah. Because you yeah. see what they're saying to me, my family is totally against me right now. So if if it is yeah. other victims, they're not gonna speak up because look at how they're treating me. Mhm, mhm. I know it because I'm gonna tell you, I can smell domestic violence on people when I'm around them. I don't care mm-hmm. how much laughing and grinning and smiling. I can smell it on women. I know a lie. Uh, about you falling or hitting this and, you know, you're doing a little bit too much about your booth when it doesn't match what your eyes and my, my vibrations are saying. Do you, and So you obviously feel, do you feel that too? Sometimes you can tell when someone has had some, yes, something not right. I can tell right. when something's okay. not right. Yes. Mm. Especially with a young girl. If a young girl is what they call, the world call fast. She's fast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If she's fast, it's a reason that she is fast. If mm-hmm. she's promiscuous, it's a reason that she's promiscuous. We just don't jump off the porch and say, hey, look at me. I have, right. I want to have sex with, you know, today. Right, right. Something right. happened because mm-hmm. something happened to make her fast. Her body's craving sex now, something that she's never had before. And that's what happens when you're raped and you, when you're molested as a child. Your body starts mm-hmm. to crave sex. Mm. It's been getting sex, raped, you're being raped, so now your body's craving this thing that your parents mm-hmm. are saying to you, you're too young to have sex, and you're promiscuous, mm-hmm. and you're running mm-hmm. away, and, and you're having boyfriends, and it's the first time I ever had consensual sex, I was 12 years old, and I got pregnant. Mm-hmm. My family beat the heck out of me because I was pregnant. Mm-hmm. Because I was pregnant, not the fact that. Yeah. Right. Right. Mad at you after you just doing what your body is telling you to do. Yes. And that's what I that's what I don't understand still to this day. That's why me and my mother's relationship is so strained because mm-hmm. after she made me have an abortion, my brother mm-hmm. my brother, my oldest brother got a girl pregnant. The same year she was pregnant, the same year that I had an abortion. The next year she had her baby, and my baby was deceased. So I grew up really hating my mom. Mm-hmm. All these people are raping me. Now I get pregnant when I have sex on my own, and you kill my baby. Okay, so mm-hmm. do you really love me? Is this 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 is your love? Mm-hmm. Let me get away from you. So I started running away even more. Yeah, I had yeah. to get away, and I yeah. I don't know if my mother is, is listening, mm-hmm. or if any of my family members are listening. But, you know, now it explains a lot. They can understand why I rebelled the way that I did, why I was so angry, why I fought a lot, why I wanted to be away from them. I left my mother's house and moved out to be with my oldest son's dad. He was 25. Even that in itself was a problem because he was 25 and I was 16. No one said anything about that. Where was my supervision? Where was my mom my dad said, you know, you cannot be with this 25-year-old man and you're 16. Right. No one said anything, Sharon. Nothing was said. And I'm going to tell you, you absolutely can have a a full relationship with your mom. Your truth cannot be changed, and your history cannot be changed. But what can change is the way you deal with what you were dealt with. And you survived it. Like, at this point, 
You know, I, I'm not a clinical therapist, but I work with counseling and I work with people who do that for a profession. And I know one thing, the truth cannot be changed or added to for better. It, it just is. And yes. you have already started that healing process. Your mom can no longer be your five-year-old, six-year-old, 15-year-old, that mother who told you to abort that child. She can't be that anymore because those things are gone and, and apart. But her having to uh, face that that is the truth of it is going to be the part that's going to save you uh, as being her daughter. You, you guys will be able to make it through this. What exactly uh, would you say to uh, your mom if you were able to, you know, literally speak to her about this uh, right now? I would tell my mom that I love her, mm-hmm. and this is my truth. This is my healing. Mm-hmm. I need to be able. Mm-hmm. It's okay. It's okay. It's all right. It's okay. It's all right. We're going to be right I need to be able to heal. I need to be able to tell my story. Mm-hmm. I love my mother. Mm-hmm. I love my mother. That is my sweetheart. I love her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I don't hate her. I'm not mad at her. I just wanted mm-hmm. to really know, you know, what was my protection, you know, who mm-hmm. protected me and, mm-hmm. and, and, and and if you didn't know how to protect me, then at least let's heal from it. Let's say, okay, I apologize for not being there like I needed to be there. Let's go forward, not go backwards, not digress. Let's let's go on. Let's heal. Let's go forward. Let you be a grandmother and let you be a mother now to me because I'm still alive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And believe me. I can't speak for your mother, but I know the whole fact that your mother has not removed herself totally from you. Had she the ability to give you a different choice, she would have. I promise you she would have. And you absolutely can't ask for something from someone who doesn't have that something. If she didn't know how to fix it, if she didn't know you know, that she was delivering you into the hands of of the enemy, I promise you that the mother that's inside of her may not be able to even say those words because it's hurtful. Girl, when I think about how much hair I done tore out of my daughter's hair trying to do it myself all of these years and all I needed to do just go and let a professional do it, I was I thought I was doing something good. I thought I was doing something that was that was great, but once I knew better, I'm doing better. And actually, she knows that she can't take you back to before he touched you. She knows she cannot heal those wounds and those holes that are inside you. She knows that, and that's probably going to be the hardest thing that she's going to be able to say to you, but the fact that she has not turned totally against you says that she's still there. And it's just going to take time because... I know that she hasn't because I haven't spoken to... I tried to call my mother and she didn't answer the phone. Mm-hmm. Then I went up to her Facebook page and I was blocked. So mm-hmm. I think it's she hurtful. probably has turned totally mm-hmm. against mm-hmm. me at this point. <laughs> I'm not going to even believe that. I'm, I'm going to believe that right now, because it's really hard. I used to cuss people out for telling me that my... Uh, ex-husband was an asshole child, and I knew he was. 
And I'm sitting there taking up for him because that would mean that I would have to own some of that responsibility of why I still was there. Now, you as a child, you had no other choice. Imagine your mom having to understand that she not only uh, didn't see it, and when she did, didn't do nothing about it. That's, that's huge for her to have to swallow. So right now, I promise you, before this is over with, before you come into the fullness of this, before you complete your books, before this becomes your platform to save other lives on a grander schedule, your mama will be right there to be your sounding board and your testament with you. I, you watch. I, I believe that for you because it's just too honest. It's so pure. It's, it's, it's not convoluted with a whole lot of blaming. I, You know, I can see if I had made them videos, I would have been acting such a donkey, but it was so pure. It was so opening up and and dumping out all of this stuff and making room for the new of who you are. Now, tell us what platforms that you're uh, going to be doing um, in the future, because I know you got a couple of books that's coming yeah. out. Yeah. You- I have um, a couple of books. I have a poetry book that will be released the middle of this year. Mm-hmm. I have um, another book based on my my video documentaries that I put out. I had mm-hmm. to do those videos in order to release this book because I didn't want to surprise or shock my mother when this book came out because I'm going to go into real, real detail about certain events that happened, certain things that happened, you know, the smell in the room, what I wore. I remember the outfits. I remember the houses. I remember the addresses. You know, I remember what happened afterwards. I remember, you know, the going to school after, you know, the next day after being raped and starting my period and what I had on that day. Mm-hmm. So my book is going to be very deep, and it's going to have a lot of information mm-hmm. in it. Mm-hmm. about how to seek that, help and, and where to cry out to and who to cry out to. And I think that just like you, and I'm not trying to equate what's happened to you and what's happened to me to be the same, but I just know this to be true for myself. The You know, I used to get stuck in telling a story because it became a crutch for me, and I can see that you're not there. You are so be- much better than that. You have used this as a way to help self but also help others. How can people get in contact with you in the case? Because a couple of people on Periscope were asking me who this is, what's her name, and how we can get in contact with her. I have an email address, and also I don't mind sharing my phone number. Okay. <laughs> I don't mind okay. sharing my phone number. <laughs> I have an email address. They can get in contact with me at soon to be his at yahoo.com. Soon, S-O-O-N, the number two, B-E-H-I-S, at yahoo.com. And my number they can reach me at is four two five seven five seven nine one seven five. Okay. Well, I just want to, is there anything else that you want to share with us? Because the last few minutes of the show, what I do is I just kind of. I, wanna, I wanted to share um, another website with you guys to, um, mm-hmm. to open up the form of Hebrew Israelites, how they can get information about who we are and who we were before we, our ancestors came across the transatlantic slave trade. So they can go on IsraelEvolves.com. It's I-S-R-A-E-L-E-V-O-L-V-E-S.com. And it's Prophet Obadiah Israel. He's actually the man that um, he's a teacher of the truth, and he can – he will break everything down precept upon precept, line line upon line, and it's very informative, and it will it will open up your eyes. It will break the Bible down 
just mm-hmm. like it needs to be broken down. I'll praise mm-hmm. it to the most high. <laughs> <laughs> you, I just want to tell you, you're just a beautiful spirit, and um, I'm so glad that you were willing to tell this truth to us tonight. Uh, the way that I do it here on the Empire is the last few minutes of the show. What I like to do is tell you what I've learned and what I think also is most important for this. Uh, beautiful testimony by my sister, Shakenya. Uh, quick show uh, edit, and then we'll be right back. Are you tired? Are you sick and tired? Are you just plain done? Well, that's where I am, and we're going to change things. Here on The Empire, we change by informing, organizing, and doing things that really make a difference. If you have an organization or a program that is for the betterment of the human experience, that's where we're going to start. To be a part of this movement, please contact me. I am The Empress Cooper on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Or email me at EmpressCooperDavison at gmail.com. Or just hit me up on my website, www.TheEmpress.com, where The Empress Speaks, and the Empire listens. Listen, I know that change won't just happen overnight, but nobody's going to change this but us. Tonight has been a night filled with inspiration, uh, perseverance, uh, weight, and courage. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's a truth that doesn't even have to be uh, a lot of child abuse, happens just like it does in the criminal world of homicide and murder, usually the persons of cause are those closest to you, the ones who know about you. Um, It is 2016. We are well past keeping family secrets just for the sake of saving face at the expense of the life and uh, growth of our uh, babies' lives. And I say babies, and babies are those that are young enough to be ours. And that starts from the womb all the way up to where they can't, you know, take care of themselves. It's amazing to me that we put age limits on everything, but then we will allow our children to become vulnerable to the world and the people around them. And rape is not a joke. Okay, it's not something that you uh, get to just toss around to uh, gain the attention of people or to use to uh, make people pay attention to you just to see if it's sexual or what have you. It's, it's not a joke. And especially when you add the word rape to the word child, it's about as horrible as it comes. But Shekinia has shown us that even at the calculating of events from the age of five to her adulthood, the determination to just tell the truth. I don't care how long it takes it to get out as long as it's told. One thing about the truth, it just doesn't need a whole lot of help. It just needs a mouthpiece. It needs someone to say it just as it is. And when I tell you, if you have not seen her videos, go onto Facebook, look her up, through this thread and find those videos just to see the just the way that Ms. I can see the change in just the way her face looked being relieved enough to release some of this thing back into this world 
of evil anyway. You know, we hold on to stuff and we carry it with us everywhere we go, everywhere we walk, every interaction we have, whether it is something for the good or bad. If it's something that's tearing you up on the inside, there's only so much time before it starts to pull out to the outside of your body. It's amazing that she hasn't lost her mind. It's amazing that she's not 600 pounds. It's amazing that she's not strung out on drugs. She was knit and templed and covered by the Most High, her Most High, and he heard her cry. And now all he's done is open her up to be able to save somebody else. I want to give you two bits of information concerning rape. Now, a lot of people think, just like with domestic violence, just tell it. It's some of the scariest things that can happen to you, whether you're a child or an adult. There are some wives who are being raped as well. There are some girls who are in high school, college, who've been married for years or dating for years who are being raped and taken advantage of by significant others. And people don't stay just because it's cute. People stay because they have been threatened. They have been constantly reiterated how much they will lose, how they will be hurt, how the people that are around them that support them in other parts of their lives will be hurt. It can be embarrassment. I don't care what the issue is. Fear keeps people in these relationships. Fear keeps these types of things going on, especially with children. But the number one thing that keeps people doing these things is not telling the truth, not putting them on blast. Like I was so glad when she said I had to get it out there. I had to tell it. I had to say this. I had to say their names because it's power when you just put it how it is out into the atmosphere. It's even more powerful when you write that thing down. Now, these are two things I need you to write down. If you're in the Birmingham area and you're a victim of rape or sexual assault, I need you to call the number 205-323-323. 7273. That's 205-323-7273. That is a national number, but it's particular to the area here in Birmingham, Alabama, where uh, 24 hours a day, a crisis-trained and licensed person will be able to help you get the resources that you need. It's not safe sometimes to go in and just snatch someone up because you never know all of the circumstances of what's going on. Sometimes all they need to do is a quick interview and see what's going on. After that, a little short investigation, and then the resources can be taken care of. Some people are at the total liberty financially, socially, and other ways to their abusers, and you you, you can't just go in and just snatch people out, but we want to give you the provisions for leaving if that's what you want to do. A national phone number is 1-800-656-4666. 73, that's 1-800-656-HOPE. If you call either of those numbers any time of the day or night, I think it is to an anonymous line, they will be able to get the information to you. You can disclose as much as you would like or as little as you would like, but help can be on the way as soon as you tell the truth. No one can help you as long as you deceive yourself and deceive others around you about what's happening. I totally understand saying what you have to say, pretending how you have to pretend in order to protect what you feel like is security. But the best protection that you have on this physical earth is to tell the truth and be removed away from harm's way. Again, I'm so uh, excited that there's going to be somebody who's going to be rescued from that. And if you don't feel comfortable calling those 1-800 numbers, get in contact with Shakinya. 
uh, get in contact with me through our Facebook uh, or through this thread on our website, www.theempress.com, or through uh, Facebook, I'm Sharon the Empress Cooper, and you can find Kenya through me. And I can't, I can't say it enough, when you resource people who are there just purely to help you, there's no way you can fail. You can have so little in, in stuff. Like I left that big old house over there with all of the things and amenities in it, but I also left abuse and crying and broken limbs and busted lips and bleeding this and, and hurting that. And I would much rather live whole with a little bit of nothing than to have a house full and still feel alone and afraid. And I'm sure that's what that little girl felt like a long time ago. I'm so glad that she was able to make it out, and I think her testimony is going to help a lot of other people make it out as well. Coming up on our show tomorrow, tomorrow Wednesday, we're going to talk about this bill Cosby fiasco, now that we've been educated on what it actually sounds like, what it actually, uh, hear the words from what actually can happen to a, a, a child up through uh, a young adult of what rape can happen, we're going to talk about some of these accusations that have come to the front stage. I mean, everybody's talking about it. What is rape? What the law says concerning rape and how that differs from sexual assault because consent is one thing and and not enjoying it, but something being taken from you, just like we just discussed for the last hour, is totally different. We do not want to miss that show and be at 8 Central tomorrow, same time, same place. And I, I found a song on here, and I listened a little bit to the words of this song. had a beautiful song at the beginning of the show that my sister uh, gave to me. This other song is, I know the artist, but I didn't record it by her name, and so I can't tell you who it is. I think her name is Tanisha. Her name is Tanisha. She's an artist, and she has a song called For My Brother. And some of the words that came on this song really resonated with the theme of this. You know, sometimes you don't know how you're going to get through a thing, but once you finally get through through it, you just want to take a deep breath and say, thank, thank goodness. And in my sister's uh, faith and way of living, thank the most high. I love uh the the uh, way that she honors honors the spirit and the being that helped her through. Even in her speaking, she just uh, constantly gave honor to being able to make it through. Not one time did we hear a, a, a complaint. We just heard the story and the testament of how all of these things happened to me, but I'm still here. And I think that speaks even bigger to uh, the possibilities for those of you who are listening who are going through the same thing. Until tomorrow, this is the Empress Speak.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. Judy. <laughs> 
The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.